Arras is a strange place. It's very strange, especially at night. And you hear two seas. You see, you see the sea on the on the the Atlantic, and then the one in between Connemara. I used to I, I used to wake, stay awake all night, terrified. Ting <laughs> So he was laid to rest today, that great elemental man, Liam O'Flaherty, a man held by many to be the greatest writer of his generation. He was born on the 28th of August, 1896, at Gort on Inishmore, the largest of the Aran Islands, the ninth child and second son of Michael O'Flaherty. As he himself said, I was born on a storm-swept rock, and hate the soft growth of sun-baked lands where there's no frost in men's bones. Though a native Irish speaker, his education until he reached the age of 11 was through English. Hushe Reishishin could ye koloshte chariga tabur, agus and chinnig koloshte ulskadevle clear. Vien vyaur hien treinon, agus vishin folosle fekyol, nirivishen agas urog hien. Jean Hul nuwuchul. Sin <laughs> In 1915, while others joined Sinn Féin, Liam O'Flaherty joined the Irish Guards under his mother's maiden name of Ganley and fought in the First World War. He was wounded and badly shell-shocked. At the end of the war, he signed on as a stoker on a tramp steamer bound for Rio de Janeiro. He left ship in Rio and tramped his way through Canada and the United States. He returned to Ireland and in 1921 was one of the founders of the Irish Communist Party. In January 1922, he raised the red flag over the rotunda in Dublin. I put up a red flag because I, I, I knew they wouldn't use artillery against it or, or uh, the gunfire on account of the children uh, born next door. Yeah. Forget what's the name of the place. Yeah. And uh, General Lord Duffy, who was uh, 
the head of uh, the Goddess uh, Horn at the time. That was damn smart of you, he said, Liam. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't use any of my heavy stuff against you. <laughs> you oh. haven't got any, I said. <laughs> oh, don't you believe it, don't you believe it. <laughs> I read Marx when I was very young. Well, I was very young when I was at the University College. At University College, I got it. Yeah. And uh, I used to attend uh, Larkin's. I admired Larkin very much, Jim. And after he went to America, the, the, uh, the organization that kept going, uh, I worked for them a lot. His fellow writer and lifelong friend, Francis Stewart, recalls their first meeting in those troubled times. I first met Liam O'Flaherty soon after my release from internment. That was during the Civil War. Uh, when I met him, it must have been early 1924, and it was at a party, I remember, given by the Salkelds. That's to say, Blainard Salkeld and her son Cecil, who much later became the father, father-in-law of Brendan Behan. The next time I saw Liam must have been a few months later, and he was staying at a place called the uh, Hellfire Club Tea Rooms. It was, it was sort of guest house. Maybe, maybe he's still, for all I know, up in the uh, mountains. And uh, I think I visited him with Cecil Salkeld, and he was staying up there and writing or finishing his novel The Informer, although I didn't know that at the time. And uh, shortly after that, he came to live in Glen Cree, where myself and my first wife had a cottage. And Liam married then his... his uh, his wife, um, Margaret Barrington. Um, we lived close to each other in the Glen for... I can't say exactly how long. I'm speaking of things that took place, I suppose, 50 or 60 years ago. But we lived there, um, I think, for a year or two, or Liam did. We lived longer. And uh, one of the most outstanding events of those days was a little magazine that Cecil Salkeld and myself brought out, and it was called Tomorrow. I think it first appeared in 1924. It only, it only ran for two numbers, but it caused uh, extraordinary upheaval. Um, I don't think any periodical has caused such an upheaval here in Ireland since. Uh, I'm, I don't want to go into that, but... Uh, simply to say it was denounced from various pulpits and written about and so on. And to that uh, magazine, uh, Liam gave us a story, and so did uh, Margaret Barrington. I think it was more Margaret Barrington's story, actually, was objected to than Liam's. But above all, uh, um, Yeats gave us a poem called Leader and the Swan, and it was the first publication of this poem, which, which of course, was a great honour for us. And, uh, as I say, it, it stirred up all sorts of uh, trouble one way and another. 
The distinguished writer Sean O'Fallon was a great admirer both of the man and of the writer. When I first met Liam O'Flaherty in the summer of 1926, he was living in a cottage in Glen Cree in County Wicklow with his wife, Margaret Barrington, and his newborn child, Peggy. They were infinitely kind and warm and hospitable to me, a, a complete stranger who at that time hadn't published more than a few words. Whereas Liam was already a famous writer, pouring out short stories like a fountain and a novel every year. He made an enormous impression on me, the most handsome man I've ever seen, the embodiment of muscular strength and well-being, bursting with energy. He reminded me of Walt Whitman's youth, large, lusty, loving, youth full of grace, force and fascination. And to this, this impression seemed to come not so much from a human being as from some element in nature itself. A mountain cataract, a force ten gale, the gallop of a troop of wild horses with their white manes flying. And it wasn't a pose. He really did feel that way about life. He talked that way. Timid, respectable, disapproving bourgeois Dublin believed that he behaved in that flamboyant, rambunctious way all the time. And if he didn't actually write that way, and his novels crackled with noise and violence, I'm convinced that he must often have approached the combat of writing, like a man tearing off his shirt for a bare-knuckled fight or a cowboy at a rodeo leaping on the back of a bucking bronco. So that when, after that delightful meeting in Glencree, I went back to his stories for a confirmation of my original impression of him as a most sensitive writer, I was doubly astonished to find that those stories were, indeed, for all their pervasive hardness and occasional wildness, shot through and through with as much elemental tenderness as if their author had been born 2,500 years ago under Sappho's evening star that brings all things that the bright dawn had scattered, the sheep and the goat and the child home to their mother. The only way his personal genius has been able to express itself to his satisfaction has been to concentrate on the hardest and roughest materials, not for their own sake, but to strike this elemental warmth and wonder from their cold flint. Schiehain, the Sorach Fatsach and Rut Primpolon, the Lava Conservator, the Gunturt Yogahan Vitanis Tapuino Ehain, Achtemach Schiehaned, Martyr Uller, Agsenan Etelnis Ayrdenan Schlievas Ayrdel Rimadown, Hukach Aru Kriad, Le Aru Kraha, Berchef Fichur Riga, Ernos Rin and Yan. Kinacher Viriach the Hill and Flartach Tusana, is Leir on Don Bergshin. Ken bon fjallsonachta a vi esni rina hir. Ke hoi grin agus a hogach se an menrod hen an krunis. Gudivin is amuishin tre a vi rintlis. Mar a derecho ilonach Martin O'Dirion har gach ni ele vi se el lúniach alúikach brutite. Vi se el malartach mar a derecho an vion agus an umpor agus chantort vi ni so ilum gur funia vi ni mwch funia vi an vi funia vi nalai an tóra an agus peter na chro Gorontil, 
Ben Kiley also observed that great sense of humor that was part of the man. I think of him uh, mostly as a sort of it's a sort of harsh humour, and he would like to provoke you into argument. Uh, he used to make remarks to me, uh, I won't mention them at the moment, but he thought that it would provoke me into argument about certain things about the political situation in this country. But I had, I had ways always of getting around those arguments with him, and we got on in a tremendously friendly fashion. But uh, there's one passage of his I would like to read, it comes out of a novel of his called The Black Soul, in which a man who has been to the wars and comes back battle-scarred from the wars and recovers a sort of strength of soul and body back on his own native island. And he's looking at spring in the island that he calls Inverara. You can play games with the letters and find out where he means. And he wrote, Life, 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 and the labour of strong hands in Inverara in spring. From dawn to dark the people hurried, excitedly opening the earth to sow. At dawn they came down from their cabins, their noses shining with frost, slapping their lean hands under their armpits, their blue eyes hungry with energy. They ran through the smoking dew for their horses. From dawn to dark their horses trotted, neighing, their steel shoes ringing on the smooth stones. Through rain and driven sleet the people worked. Cows gave birth to calves, and the crooning of women milking in the evening mingled dreamily with the joyous caroling of the birds. Yellow lambs staggered by their mothers' sides as they made their first trembling journeys in life. Lean goats were hiding their newborn kids in the crevices among the crags. Everything moved hungrily for life. Even the grey limestone crags seemed to move as the sun sucked the dew from their backs. Smoke rose everywhere as if nature perspired, conceiving life. Uh, I think as a writer he did a very extraordinary thing. He came out of the uh, Irish-speaking background. As he said himself, I was born on a storm-swept rock. He carried that certain hardness about him, that leaning into the wind that Aran Islanders have. They say all island people have it, they lean forward. Um, I swear to goodness, his nephew, Brendan O'Hare, leans forward when he walks. He's still leaning into the wind. But as I often thought, he had walked through Ireland to find the world. Uh, uh, He went into wars. He went into the big war in the Irish guards. Uh, He went through pretty rough experiences there. But he didn't absolutely walk through Ireland. He observed. And he wrote about the uh, what we used euphemistically call the troubles in this country. He wrote quite extraordinary books. Now, the informer that uh, got most international recognition because it was made into a film is, in fact, a very good novel. Uh, But he wrote better than that. Um, Even about Ireland and Dublin, you know, Mr. Gilhooley, that is a very tremendous book. Uh, 
Mr. Gilhooly, The Assassin, uh, which is a book well worth reading because um, there are certain references in it to things that actually happened. He could do that sort of thing. Then he went out into uh, the big world, as he would have said himself. He fought in the war. He walked America. He lived here and he walked there. He acquired a reputation for wild living. But if you actually estimate the amount of work he did, the number of books written, 30-something, or other books, uh, doesn't allow all that much time for wild living. And my knowledge of him is of a terribly hard-working, even in his latter years, and very exact man. And the, the output, and Jonathan Kipp, the publisher, I remember Jonathan Kipp telling me, you know, that O'Flaherty's spring sewing, never out of print, he said, since I first printed it kept going and going all the time. And those exquisite stories he wrote, you know, the spring sowing itself, that love of life and the love of the simple and innocent things of life, and those beautiful animal stories, stories even about an old cow or something dying in a field, a story about a conger eel, and he makes that conger eel more human than a lot of human beings. He had a great sympathy with what William Wordsworth, God rest the man, would have called nature. Uh, apart from what he wrote about the rough and dreadful side of life, he was a man of vast experience, and I think of infinite patience, and he was a very great writer. By the 1930s, Liam O'Flaherty had gained international recognition, and it was in those years that his friendship with Francis Stewart deepened. Though we were very different temperamentally, we had certain important things in common. Though we were both writers, we didn't move in literary circles. And as I've written in a novel of mine called Blacklist Section H, when we met Yeats one day in the street and he, he announced that he had named both of us as founder members of the new Irish Academy of Letters, we were both, um, we were both taken aback and actually a bit, uh, a bit put out rather than grateful. And... Uh, we always had that, uh, we rather, as I say, shunned such circles. And of course, what we also shared was uh, perhaps inordinate interest in horse racing. Well, that was a bond, actually, the horse racing, to last many years. And we also had, both of us, a feeling of restlessness at living in Ireland um, at that time. So that one day when Liam said he had taken a flat in London and, had, and asked me to go and stay with him, of course I was delighted. He had a flat in a narrow street which no longer exists between the Strand and the river. And I remember when I, when I stayed the first day and night in it, I remember the continual faint hum of the traffic that um, percolated into the two or three rooms and how what an exciting sound it seemed to me. Now Liam in those days and for the next few years was I think at the high point of his success um, with the informer and then there was films made, the first film made of the informer which never got much publicity was made by a Hungarian company, and there was a beautiful girl, a Hungarian girl called Leah de Putti, who figured in it, and who Liam introduced me to. Uh, 
And then, of course, it was uh, the, the second, more famous film was made by by Ford. Another thing, we were both had the same publisher in those days. That's Victor Gollans. Though naturally, my my uh, status as a writer was uh, was very shadowy compared to Liam's. Well, there was revelry and race meetings and brief love affairs, which I've chronicled in the novel that I've just mentioned. And the novel also has a brief sketch of Liam in those days. It was a wonderful time with with um, such a friend as guide and mentor. And um, I've never met in my life anybody with such exuberance, such love of living. For many years, the ever-youthful Angus God of Love had wandered through the land, saving his mortal children from Dark Kroom, the demon lord of death. Everywhere his golden beauty triumphed. Maidens on seeing him grew tender with desire and then conceived of mortal swains and hoped that concentration on the image of the god's sweet countenance would counteract the alien instruments that forced their wombs. Young men, envious of his perfect form, brought wives into their beds, so that children might issue from their seed and rival Angus, and the spawn was peopled. When weary parents, emptied of their fruit, departed to the fairy land of youth, their children continued to obey the urging of the golden god. Just as when a stone is cast into a silent pool, the water's rim is curled in an eddy that circles recurring to the shores, and each ring begets another greater than itself, so each generation multiplied until every glen and mountainside and grassy plain was peopled. And he also ministered to the needs of man's vassals, the beasts, the birds, the insects, the fishes, and everything that breeds increased by union. On hearing a seductive voice, Wild stallions grew rampant in their heathered glens and set upon their slender fetlocked mares the furious impress of their towering satin tubes whose luscious sap reissued from the wounds as giddy foals to fill the plains with prancing herds. So also did the wolves and boars increase, the sheep, the goats, the hunting dogs, the kine and all the four-foot beasts that leap upon their mates. The singing birds received a special care. They circled like living garlands round his head when he went his way, blessing the feasts of love. They grew so numerous that the volume of their music rose into the farthest corners of the air and made smooth the turbulent winds. He kissed the flowers that gave their sweetness to the honey bees, and they returning to their hives with golden loot upon their dagger, fed into their queen the god's love potion so that she rose in spring attended by her drones and mated in the air and filled the cells with fertile eggs. He looked into the waters of the brooks beneath the willow boughs where the sheet trout had spawned and with the fire of his glance made the spawn glitter so that the heat trout passing grew enamoured of their beauty and kissed them with a supple belly. And so with the insects too they answered to the tender spurring of his feet and multiplied. He filled all the green island of Bonba with living things, and the fleshless hands of Croom were empty. Go on Laharty.
Mohuk Shedesh Duchas and Nilon, Agas Kurhug, Agas Kalirishe and Duchasin and the Heer Scrivnarachta, near Valdoro Offach in the Heel Parsenta, Maravinius Brandon or Heer Duin. Well, the the Rutamanu English, Vinilon. Eh, Stolium Gurlin Dumsuva, Gobrim Lockley, Amkins the Quigody. Vimangal Shere Wild in the Cosco. Agas, um, Cha, born the Quigodivia. Agas. Durch mein Master nach Jahren und Tagen schier, das durch ja, aber wir haben Tagen schier, Kommentierungen, so sie gefige fast das jachtische telegram gewann rein hasna ra gram mit die galerash gol hasna pratnig so gurchi sech kogig go geil in ex loyal subjects as in schmor hier zu weile und nach rolt das na heden ging es wie racket out the bus das wie hat der galerkrisser na gordi da tras na wohl mit der hogel ages marschen acherinus hol the bottler no ich das kommt die weile ages Vrame Arway, might in any case the Vrame Arway, the Stuchakamut Circuit Yelden Lassox, Humut Circuit Helden Lassox Shoe. The Stuchanayas Rajah, Stuchanayan, you'll have to be it. When you wait to enter on your Tocha, try a limit of Shasha, Kirunanigus, Hosha Shisek, Taho Stories, Girunacher, Banda Ganhantol, Hafatgus, Duchilas, Merlumach, and then you get away to Chi. Don't you know it's Good Friday? Because there's a name, what's good about it? I ask you to Chi. I guess you point to Shin to Shakana or Chalgo. Stomachakal to give off the new. Stuchar, Agus hug, agus ni nairit na hinta haruta vi nairit skjonir vi liam sa namshin os kintri skoir. Hjul sa gaile as rossevil ni vol ni rain bussen ni na tata roich. Mar dira hasta wai mhtas in ilan. Agus stolim gurutas harlins lei is durcha uriwanim gur durcha gur harla gharut gho durcha narashanan sat kala anarin. Agus dairi chatar na farig is gharihort agus hagach alt ufaser. Agus ndarud ni rashanan agalir anawal. He was full of contradictions, and uh, I always found it very amusing. Uh, he talked to me about his own father, about Mike Vickerforic, and he said, my father said, change his mind about things five times in a day. And I always had to restrain myself from smiling or laughing indeed, because he, he inherited this from his father. The story told in our family about my grandfather, uh, my maternal grandfather was that uh, you mentioned somebody's name at breakfast and he said, don't talk about that man. He's, a, you know, descended from a generations of spies and people who went to the police station at night carrying stories and things like that. And somebody would mention the same name uh, that night and in a disparaging way, thinking that this was the party line on, on this man. And he would say, how dare you get leave the table? Don't insult that great patriot in this house. Uh, and uh, but it was very amusing for me to hear Liam telling this about his, his father, not realising fully th- how, how much he had inherited this trait himself. But that's not to say that, uh, that he, 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 his views on certain things remained firm at all times. He changed his mind about aspects of life, but 
the fundamental things, uh, very often which he wouldn't discuss very easily, uh, they remained constant. I would say among them would be certainly his application to his craft. He, he regarded writing as a craft. He had no time for the what is known generally as the lit crit at all. He refused to discuss his work on that line, but he would dis- discuss the craft of writing with you in both Irish and in English. I think he was very committed to, I won't say the revival of Irish, but that Irish should live in this island. Uh, he he uh, would get very angry with people who said, you know, the choice was between Irish and English. The choice was of having Irish and English. said, so we have two languages and we should be grateful for this. Uh, two mother tongues most people have. He himself had English from an early age because his grandfather, who came from the north of Ireland originally, Thomas Ganley, came into Ireland to build lighthouses. And he never mastered the Irish language. In fact, I think his children uh, were very happy that he didn't because they used Irish as a secret language (laughs) to discuss things they didn't want their father to know. So uh, Liam had both languages from an early age. But um, uh, these things, there were certain principal things that he was... Uh, he was against British involvement in this island right to the end of his days. He said, we'll have to get rid of them. You know, we have to sit down, be let's sit down and sort out our own problems. That doesn't mean that he regarded these problems as being in any way simple. But as he put it himself, you have a better chance to separate two men when they're fighting than three men when they're fighting, you know. And uh, that, that they were these things that he, that he had strong views on that did not change. Erfa Achirada, Baspir Lawain, Avilia Meshkriv. After Honikan Balo Honskale Duil er Chlora Wargay, Hushe Borslacht er Hyde in Yorskale, Sangalia. Ono Hanloin. Is Kud Santashid, Kalichti Nishkelt is Har and Duil. On Hershey's Mion Sunrahach, on Comus Tanga, Crinus and Oklora Ege, Gahar Hedern Nebrihre. Tugno Flaherta on Lehor, on Congrach, Gufisakul, Gondina Agusgan Enevi. Lady in Shandanacht, Agus in Ennevirt, Agus a Hussulatan Tenevirish in Dinner. Screenor Spardal Tiersach Le Focale, Ache an Hrin Gudo. In Snuskeltishandul, Tashetoke Le Bon Inchdini, Bonduchus and Dinner. Tashetoke Le Bon Vuhuchan, Agus Bon Tahi and Dinner, on Holliacht and Taint, Agus Bon Esperish and Dinner, on Vre, on Bas, on Fian. Raw, falling agus cruachas agus keep on dinner. No er a lavelle, kellor and she evenus agus glunder agus solas nebehe, umlano on dinner. Tanishkelte simply nav chaste, ach an da humha. Isana vienter en vauru no machnev er hinunt on dinner. Lady trego crinbacht a kaivlint len himplacht. Gachli, no er an lavelle. On dinna far in lava nochtern sail. Tan da hiv gun sail a nochte idante a chele. Sigarskil taga le focus awan. Bacharkemech edemi elementi ill on scale crinne ershin. On plotte na character, structur, steel. Ider fada gangle le chele gen chuspor awan. Ishen chusporshin, no un car no un chasatawacht de chuanshin a sail dinna no dinna. Urdent is kaivlent, ach in the vinegest, agsordent been raetog a gest, no choretog. Erenos been lesbert, no silchu a gest. Is siler gavigan bader, cree agas anam on dinne, on cunil, cutin, dana. Agas ni mishta bader, wud a lua, 
Eskriv se mar lervas er chnusak jarskel de Martin O'Kain. Der se mar se mar chunetanis fuidere seil nan kainach agus da freshenis fuidere goel dar go garem jakir. Wolhindo gravear de mar skrinore gan eibriach sen shisur er rittel. Is ava over ag skrinor fokle agus becherto fechendore mar rodi lochwere a chafra usad gasparalach. Bechert of fresh and fechent, the gakianach yenach hoshimplishin agas nakushk vira bash des luadem, tiny of a wantas. A shared as ali nadashkri norach to on, na fissavegdine, kerta amarchach. A shed nafoklishin on uder estolem, on lervas isar, era hehersha in dool. Threaded through his life and his works, there is a fiercely individualistic and independent thrust whether it be in his stories about nature or his observation of human behaviour. In the essay he wrote on Joseph Conrad, which was published in pamphlet form, I don't know if it ever has been collected, um, he talked about Conrad's devotion to empire, to the British Empire, as sweet singing on a lower plane or something like that. Mm. And he said he went for Gungus Khan and jewel concubines and herds of this, that and the other. Uh, a good deal of that he did humorously, but there was a point in it all the same. He did not like organisation. To think of him as the founder of the Irish Communist Party, I think, is quite honestly a bit of a laugh, because I could never have seen Liam O'Flaherty fitting into any organisation. He was a man who believed in the simple, straightforward, primitive things. And uh, he couldn't have fitted into any empire, any organisation. And if he had been travelling with Gungus Khan and the dual concubines, uh, Gungus Khan might have found him a bit of a problem, I'd say, to find himself riding over the plains with this man from the storm-swept rock. Uh, no, he was not a man who belonged in organisations. He was a completely extraordinary and unique individual. Uh, it was a, quite a privilege and an experience to have known him. In the 30s and 40s, Francis Stewart and Liam O'Flaherty went their separate ways, but their friendship was enduring. I went back to Wicklow to work, and Liam used to return to his, to his Aran Island to do his own writing. And then in uh, 1939, I went to Germany to lecture, and early 1940, I returned there to teach at Berlin University. And Liam went to America, where he spent the war, with Kitty Taylor, who had been his friend for many years, and who has cared for him with selfless devotion during his last long illness. After the war, I met him in Paris about 1950, where I and my second wife, Madeline, were living. This was a very different time from the London one. Apart from us having been, been, um, well, I think we were 25 or 30 years older, the time was far more sober and serious, for us in any case, nor did we have much money. In spite of that, looking back, it, it was a happy time. Liam used to come to our very small flat, and eat the simple meals that Madeline cooked. I remember in particular how he loved the boiled potatoes that are always hard to get in Paris. We went racing, but to the cheaper enclosures, and when occasionally Liam got a cheque in American dollars, we spent an evening in Montparnasse or Montmartre. 
These are my best and happiest memories of somebody who through many ups and downs has always been a close and royal, loyal friend. Han ik lim of laarte en da heel. Huul zijn de schacht richte, ach ma huul, nie rasje gan gaan je hoogjes. Stolim hij nacht, agus tasje scharatek dine, scharatek schan of fuilein, agus gefiedinig. Gora, maar het doet je heen, gora, plesk gan scha flesk, in de heen pullen niet de koek deg, gora ook schan reenheid, agus dit bij jij shame the devil, scherta shame the devil, Nog is more sugul ja glorious marvs. Ja ur behashnish stolim hain hadeva simul ta on. Is kontas atanet et hepenyerogh. Dadi repeated. Dan tarishkiwen lawshan eh wiche eskriw agase elor tet umla nerogh. Gse gimokh dawat kahat kan anan sibnis in anatipi. Agase jede skriw sheskel gstan skel. Zan tabel der nos lawr garskelatan mar hanik on rudarashke ishanan skriwrish. Agstan Schälchen bunne hier achtere, well, kütigen Schäl bunne hier achtere Fieren, ja, für ihn, äh, hein, hol kehrt dann fetch, wie kilfaurig, agas, patching fetch kann, äh, kanäle, as kreg ich hier, schens, patching fetch kann, bu je wie in Tassus agorach, es kann an, äh, Robert Flaherty, meine Waren, fahr, chubraus, a chalikturie, fach morfir, es kuschet ge kilivrige am ra, ge arelle, es kuschet ne gapel, agas, tan chutschen, den kutsch Schäl, bunne hier achtere, a harle, agas, turten fahr, mach es in Labbo, Lisha Botzina Karsten ist das Tal, hat dann Rudi schon erfahrt, hat auch die Elegen Schäle und schon das Kommando richtet da an. Ach, es macht ja fair Köblinze, jedische Hosche Hülschen da und Agas Maschinze, Agas Stolum, Deutsche Hain, Agas Taschaschaschkrieg, Gurle Linda, wenn er eine Schulleute in Nullskarim Lachlie, Hosche Lev, Seher Marx, Agas Gurte Null Marx, Ach, Sche Fieringen Schäle, Kessmutig und Achteres und Rotunde, so weit war Kugla erbon. Es ist schon morgen so, dass wir hier Thomas, Tam, auf Lartig. Chef Harvey Maston, ich kriege wieder Pamphletik, so die Maschen, ach, mal in two years, weil ich tun schon, da gerade Blim, Brain, und Harag und die Schirri, wie ich schon, ach, ich schaue, mal durch die Hände, um so wie ich durch die Englische Marx, so gut, und so war Brain, und durch die Gerede mit Brain, die ich nicht glaube, was er, ich schaue, cool ist. Ach, wie ich schaue, Kunstbot, ich schaue, Nato, ich schaue, Er valde hallu isha herve kuhul. Er valde jelle. Marjara Warsha. Warsha fadig el orlena hier ekkel fui vasig. Stolim gut shashin tawachtach. Es kinech im donach oan. Egal shi sege, kurz sege. Es wie litzig fad sege. Ege. O an skaile nean skaile gilrunan. Egera kader. Kader hjortob. Kabitel as skerit. Ashtrug a gailge. Agas lagen dramatuli jenasle. Kristacher hloge. Sie Rushestach, Harlan wrote him a goal words. Rushestach is Dutch, a glock boyhuslo kitchi, Dutch, a glock boyhuslo. We shall not jore less. We shall intach, we said Rudi Begamasha. The hand vask at Joe again with the slew. Higgin flartach and seal. Higshe on solas agus and dolas, on ta agus and meo. Agus har gachrod, Higshe curry agus castiachi and nodur dena. 
Roar out the more of those stealth in it. Being willing at father, may he could in Troy, bind Harigina, kiss Mooted and Tanwar, the fog was a mile like two Jarek and Tanair, Augustine on. Law be dark green of you. Churamahad and Troy major and Shanair, Lin of Nee. The Wallaman green action still high for me. Rinishishin. Kushina he at higher sugon eighty more than Darat. Is she fainer stolen Arto? I was leaning on her back when you kissed. How's she a glee her nahinla? Chuk, chuk with your sheep. Feet, feet. Baddy, baddy, baddy. Honey, she had her father in the true. A greater in yield. It did shark with his lachen and his gale. Why she blew in he be Akbamacher and Troy as may swore the week. We shin a hug a jarrigan shin, ignahinla. I was say their father clubbishela, it was extra. On a glinder at a neon, or the holy shame glora, I was nor the honey shame slew in like lame nacht that kimple. Husna shake bowl of bus like buck lame nacht like a sick bakew. Rinian shan I had erish at a neon. Husna shake bowl of bus, I was like buck lame nacht like a sick bakew. The worried year in a different canvas. This gorgor hit in shan I had in the husk of tubbin. Nor the vranny in shan van as always. Honey shake, honey shake in a hassle. Agasan shin hitchemach as some gayer in a sheen river. So lay the some posh to queen askelet. Nor the crumshi as a sheen, hold the sheen clucker and wash in the scorn. In shin, near a daddalic lushing way. Yeary she fain of the sussney she a queen in the morrow. Off a hone the queen she. Is lats a hule may trail lugor of the stubborn and teal. In his tat the women he win. I guess new father gave me the lanoch. Oh, 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 oh,